Hey folks, welcome to All in a Day's Work. I gotta tell you, I'm so excited that you're here listening to this and that I get to share something with you all that's it's really important to me. Um, over my life, I have been noticing my professional life, I've noticed that oftentimes people don't have a real high opinion of work. They don't value their jobs they, they feel like they have to go there for that paycheck. And while that may be true, there's more to it than the paycheck. There's more to every job than the paycheck. Recently, I was getting gas at a gas station in, in Salem, Oregon. And the guy that came and pumped the gas into my car had a fantastic attitude. And I paused thought about, should I approach this guy? Should I, should, I, should I let him know that I appreciated his good attitude? I mean, the guy was just happy. You know, he came kind of almost bounding over to the car and said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, can you fill it for me, please, with regular? And I handed him my debit card and he goes, absolutely, I'll be right back. And I just really appreciated the upbeat nature and just the positive attitude. So finally, you know, the gas is pumping and he gets done and he comes over and he takes the nozzle out of the car and hangs it up and he goes, you want your receipt? I said, yes, please. So I get out of the car at this point and uh, I look at him and I go, are you always this happy? He goes, nope, not always. But when I'm at work, I am. And I smiled and I said, no kidding. Tell me about that. Tell me why you're so happy here at work pumping gas. And he laughed a little bit and he goes, yeah, I've done a lot of other things. I've been a carpenter, worked in construction. I enjoyed that too. He goes, I've um, worked on cars. I've done lube and oils at a lube oil place, and I enjoyed that too. I said, so, I kind of interrupted him. I said, so, are you meaning to tell me that every job you've had, you've enjoyed? He goes, no, no, not at all. I did drywall for a little while. I did not like that, but I always tried to smile. Oh, interesting. So, what about pumping gas makes you smile? He goes, yeah, it's not just a paycheck. He goes, frankly, my paycheck's not very big. But interacting with people makes me happy. Serving people makes me happy. And I get to do that here. I get to serve people while putting gas in their car. Yeah, it's a simple task. Yes, they could do it themselves. And maybe in Oregon, one day they'll be able to, but they don't. And for now, I get to do that for them. They can leave here in a bad mood or a good mood, and I can affect that. And I just congratulated him. I shook his hand. I said, thanks, man. That's awesome. I invited him on the podcast. He may come on. We'll see. I don't know. But I, uh, that's what this whole thing is about, right? A couple of years ago, well, actually three years ago, before the pandemic started, I, I had this notion that we need to get conversations with people out there, people who, who enjoy their job and get them out there to, to people to hear, for people to hear that maybe not everybody loves their job, right? But if you hear about other people enjoying their jobs, maybe you'll look at yours a little bit differently if you don't like it. Or- maybe you'll choose to make a change and go find a job that you do like. I'll tell you a story uh, that I lived when I was about 14 years old. And I've shared this story a lot. And I would imagine that throughout the life of this podcast, I'll share it again and again and again, because to me, it's a really good story. I'll tell you the story and then I'll tell you why I think it's a good story. So I am 14 years old 
It's a November evening on a Friday. It's dark out, cold, kind of yucky. My dad, who's a career truck driver, whose work week is uh, Sunday evening through early Friday morning. He's gone the entire time. So he leaves Sunday evening. He and his driving partner go get their truck, get loaded, and head to California twice, usually the Bay Area, two times in a week. The truck doesn't stop except to get fuel and for them to stop and eat. They sleep in it. A semi-truck does not have a lot of space. There's a sleeper behind the driver's and passenger seat, and that's about it, right? The rest of it is all equipment for the truck. So they're in this truck together for five days, essentially four and a half days, just the two of them nonstop. And my dad loved it. He loved being a professional truck driver and took it very, very seriously. So we're sitting in this garage on buckets that are turned over. My skinny behind was sitting on a pillow because I had no meat on my bones at that time. I weighed, uh, if I weighed 100 pounds, I'd be surprised at 14 years old. And we're polishing apples to take them to the store to sell the next day. We, Dad already had these stores lined up that would sell our apples. So we're going to take them to the market in Mount Angel, Oregon and, uh, and sell them to, to Henry, the store owner. So sitting there in the overturned bucket, a box of apples to my left and it full couple of them. And to my right, a uh, empty box. And my dad is across from me. So we're, we each grab with our my left hand, he drives with his right hand, one of the apples, takes a cherry cloth rag and start wiping the apples off. So I grab my apple, wipe it down with this cherry cloth towel and put it in the finished box, the one that's going to go to the store. Grab another one, start doing it. And my dad goes, um, you done with that? And I just kind of look at him and nod. Yeah. He goes, okay. And he keeps polishing his apple. So I continue to polish my second apple, put it in the finish box, and grab a third. Meanwhile, my dad is still on his first apple. He's polishing this thing and polishing this thing and polishing this thing and, and puts it in the box and grabs my first apple out and continues to polish my the apple that I'd finished already. And mind you, I'm on my third of finishing my third and about to put it in there, for, yeah, third, and grabbing my fourth. While dad took my first apple out and is polishing it. And I finished my fourth apple, put it in there, grab a fifth. He's still working on my first apple, which is his second. Finishes it, puts it in about the same time I finished my fifth apple. I look up at him. Mind you, he had asked me a couple more times, are you finished with that? And I said, yep. So I look up at him and I said, am I doing this well enough for you? And he smiles and goes, I just think we could do a little better. I said, okay. So I continue and I, and I try to match the level of his polish because I can tell that he wants he's polished better. And I don't want to disappoint my dad. I love my dad and I respected my dad. Maybe even a little bit of fear at times. My dad was a big guy, right? Big, broad shoulder guy. And he never, never, never hurt me or anything like that. But I didn't want to upset him because I loved and respected him. So we get all done through all these boxes. We get two full boxes that are polished really nicely. And they're going to market tomorrow, the next morning. Go to bed. It's pretty late by the time we get done. Not super duper late, but you know, it's probably 10 o'clock at night, 1030, I'm guessing. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. So we get up the next day, put these apples in the bed of my dad's little light blue Mazda pickup. And we go into Mount Angel, we get there and uh, he grabs a hand truck out and he puts apple boxes on the hand truck and he goes, hey, if you uh, find Henry, he'll have a check for us and I'll get these apples set up. I said, great. So I go in, I find Henry and sure enough, he had a check for us and uh, came back out and dad's just finishing up the in, in the, the, the vegetable, fruit and vegetable area. This is back in the day when just about every store, every small community store had a meat counter and a fruit and vegetable section. They didn't have a lot of anything, but they had a little bit of everything. And it was really cool. So I uh, I get I get the check. I go find dad. Um, he takes the check. He goes, great, thank you. Did you thank Henry? I said, yeah, of course I did. He goes, awesome. He goes, uh, you want an apple? 
I thought that was an odd question. I mean, we had apples. <laughs> I could have an apple anytime I wanted. And I looked at him and said, uh, no, no, I don't want an apple. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm positive I don't want an apple. He goes, okay. He's just standing there kind of looking at the apples. And I don't know which apples are ours, by the way. I just, he said to display there are three different varieties, three different uh, rows of red delicious apples, a row of Granny Smith, I believe green. I think those were Granny Smith and a row of something else. And I don't remember what those were. So he goes, okay, if you did want an apple, what apple would you pick out of all of these? And I looked for a minute. I thought, okay, I'm going to humor him. And I grabbed an apple. I went, this one right here. He goes, why? I said, because I think it was the best looking apple of all of these. He goes, yep, probably is. He goes, What's, what would be the next one? I said, well, it really any of these right here. He goes, exactly. I'm not getting it. Remember, I'm 14. I'm not understanding. He goes, those are our apples, son. You wanted those apples because they looked the best. And you could tell that somebody put extra effort into making sure that those apples were the best. I said, yeah, you're right. And that was the end of the conversation. We went home, you know, I went about my Saturday riding my bicycle, whatever. I don't know, probably riding my three-wheeler out in the orchard, the neighbor's field. But that's, that story stuck with me. So much so that years later, I'm going to tell you why it stuck with me here in a second. Years later, I was honored um, to be invited to be the keynote speaker at a, a small private college graduation. And I thought to myself, what in the world am I going to talk about? I don't, I don't, I'm nothing special. I don't know much about how to be a keynote speaker. I've never done it before. So my, my buddy who had invited me, he goes, tell the Apple story. It's a good one. All right. So I did. And I went out <clears throat> and I bought, it was going to be about 150 people in the audience. I bought 150 little golf ball sized plastic red apples. I also bought a bunch of gingham and I didn't know what that was called, but gingham is the red and white checked cloth like you see on a tablecloth for a picnic, you know. So I, I bought some gingham cloth and I cut them into little squares and I gave everybody in the audience at the end, a apple and a cloth. And I told that story and got great applause. And I told other stories, but that one was the last one I told that day, that evening. And the, the response was like, oh man, this was really, really, this hit well, right? This, this hit home with a lot of these parents and a lot of these students. And I was really t tickled and I'm very proud to be honest with you. Years later, two, over two years later, I'm at Fred Meyer's on uh, Market in Lancaster in Salem, and I hear a couple that I'm behind checking out, and the couple behind me is kind of murmuring, and, and I hear my, I think I hear my name. I think, ah, there's no way. There's no way that I'm hearing my name. And then I hear it again, and I turned around and smiled at the guy and, and the gal, and he goes, you're, you're Dean Craig, right? I went, oh, what's my name? Inside my head, I said that. I said, yeah, I apologize. Do I, do I know you? And he goes, sort of. And he looks over his wife, taps her on the arm, and he goes, get it. Show him. Just show him. And I'm thinking, oh, crud. What is, what, what is this, right? What's going on here? Well, she reaches into her purse and pulls out the apple and the cloth. The cloth was still wrapped around the apple, just like I had given them all. I uh, nearly wept, to be honest with you. I mean, it put a lump in my throat that my little life story, right, that 20-minute, 30-minute talk that I gave two years prior had enough impact on, on that couple that they kept the small, really insignificant gift, I thought insignificant, gift that I gave them. It had an impact. And I recognized at that time how important valuing work is and doing a good job, right? Dad told me many other times, don't strive to do the best you can, strive to be the best there is. Our apples were the best there were at that store.
we all grew them the same. All the farmers grew apples the same. We used the same fertilizers, whatever. I, I, honestly, I don't remember what all we did with them. But ours looked the best. So the interpretation of that is that they were the best. We sold out. Every week, we had to take more apples back back to Henry's Market because we sold out until we ran out. I mean, he's, we sold to probably, I would say, eight or 10 different stores in the area, and they all sold out until we had no more apples because ours looked the best. They probably tasted exactly the same as the other red delicious varieties that were there on display. But ours sold out because they looked the best. Strive to do the best there is. That has stuck with me for a long time. So fast forward to where I am now. I've got this notion to build a podcast. So we bought the equipment, bought the mic. Mind you, this was three years ago. This is before the pandemic. I set about teaching, learning about teaching myself about how to do a podcast. I had no clue. Frankly, I'm still not sure I have a great clue but I'm learning. The recording part was relatively easy, but getting it from a raw recording to an end product was not for me because I am not a technical guy, not at all. And technology just doesn't thrill me. So I was somewhat baffled by the whole process of it all. And I had to learn and learn and learn and learn. And I tried to hire some people, but we don't really have a budget for that. Try to do some trade with another guy and he was doing a good job. He's a good, he's a buddy of mine, but he gets it. He's got his own podcast and he did a good job but it wasn't, it wasn't that he didn't do great. It was that it wasn't my vision, my product. So I set forth to you know, apologize to him and say, I got to do it myself. He understood. So here I am. Here I am talking to you about my podcast. My boss enables me to do this. I'm still on the clock. Uh, I get paid to do this and it's hard, but it's so much fun. And the conversations that I have gotten to have with people and I will be sharing with you have been really, really wonderful. I mean, I have met people who love their jobs. I mean, love their jobs. Some of them so much so that they might even do it if they didn't get paid. That's a pretty big deal, I think. So starting next week, you will get to hear some of my earlier versions and you'll tell it's rough. they're rough. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning about the editing and the producing piece of it, but even the conversations, I didn't, didn't know what I was looking for fully. It was a concept. And some other conversations are not, not great, right? You, I don't think it comes through greatly how well people, how much people enjoy their jobs and what their jobs even are. doesn't matter because I wanted to get it out there, but I will make it great. I will do the very best that I think I can possibly do. I, I strive to be the best solo podcaster that there is. When I say solo, meaning I'm the host, I'm producing it, I'm doing the editing and doing the whole nine yards. That is my goal here. But more importantly than that is I want to bring you stories that may inspire you to love your job a little bit more or go find a different one, whatever the case may be. Case in point, I shared with somebody one of the person's stories and that person went, holy cow, that person loves their job that much. I've got to start looking at mine differently. And that was just a conversation. That was with me. That wasn't even the person that I interviewed. You'll get to hear that down the road. So... Every Tuesday morning, the plan is to have a new podcast with another conversation with somebody who loves their job out for you to consume, to listen to, to uh, hopefully enjoy, to laugh with, possibly lump up a little bit in your throat because some of the stories are pretty heartfelt and pretty, a couple of them are a little bit startling at times, but it's all wonderful stuff. And I'm so excited to bring those to you. Welcome, my friends, to All in a Day's Work.